Yes, Lord, just hear our cries. We thank you that you're worthy of our lives. God, we thank you you're worthy of our breath. God, you're worthy of our attention and our affections. God, I just even say you are worthy to take our sin. You're worthy to take our struggles. Lord, you're capable to take every insecurity, every fear, every depressive thought. Lord, you are capable and able to handle and care for us rightly. We just say we love you. Just as a people, we trust you. We hope in you. We promise, Lord, I thank you for that promise that as we hope in you, we will not be disappointed. And I just speak that tonight, Lord, into our hearts. Anyone here, God, that's hoped in you and hasn't turned out like they wanted to and it's brought disappointment, I ask that you heal broken hearts tonight, God. Lord, you'd mend the wounds, the disappointment, Lord. Thank you. You can handle our honesty because <laughs> you're so good. We trust you, Lord. Trust you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, that was a teaser. There's more worship to come. I want to get into it more. but <laughs> um, So, um, hey, as you're grabbing a seat, I, I want to take a few minutes just to bring into a few things as we look towards we're finishing the summer. Doesn't feel like it out there, but we're heading to the fall. Um, it's just a few things that's coming up ahead for us, and so we can look forward to it and also just be praying into it. Um, hey, can you guys throw that slide up there, Drew, the one that with um, just announcements, a couple more things coming up? There we go. Yep. So, hey, mark your calendars. The 19th is a Saturday, 7 o'clock, we're having trivia night. So what this means is you get to, you get to gather with friends and bring your brain. Right? And so it's going to be fun. Have you ever done trivia night before with group people? I like you. Oh, good. Okay. I know one person will be there. That's for sure. Two. As long as you two. Um, hey, but it really, it's going to be fun. If you're, if you're like love trivia and that kind of thing, but if you're also more like, I just want to hang out with friends, it's both. It's going to be amazing. Um, so more details to come. We're hoping to actually find a place in the city, like a coffee shop that's closed. Or something like that. And it's a great opportunity to invite your friends, invite your coworkers. In fact, a few people I was talking to this week, they actually invited their coworkers to Broomball. And they're like, nah, I don't want to come. And then next, after Broomball, they actually showed video and pictures. And their coworkers were like, why didn't I go? <laughs> so we're, we're a fun bunch. So it's worth it. But um, Who went to Broomball? Raise your hand if you're Broomball. Yes? Okay. Any lasting uh, injuries in the room? Oh, oh no, so sorry. <laughs> I, okay, that, that is the downfall of room ball, but if you missed it, next year, next July, mark your calendars, we're going to do it again. Um, okay, August 26th, we're, gonna, we're, we're starting something in the fall, and I'm going to speak a little more about it in a minute, but we'll call it House of Prayer, so I'll tell you about it in a second. Um, September 6th, Upper Room, so you familiar with Upper Room worship? Yeah. They're traveling parts of the U.S., and because we have pretty good relationship with them, they're like, hey, can we actually do our worship night here? So it's happening um, on September 6th. So there is a, um, a link that will go out through your life groups, and uh, it, we're just hosting. They're, like, putting it on so it actually costs money. So ahead of time, if you need some help, let us know. Um, but it's going to be a great night. and love to have you there. September 8th is the next Abide. 
Um, and then mark your calendars on the 20th and 21st of October. We're going to have our first ever like singles weekend. And um, what we're going to we're actually bringing a good friend of ours in named Chantel, who has walked with Jesus. Yeah. You know Chantel? <laughs> Do you know Chantel? Really? Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, the endorsement right here, <laughs> third row back. Um, anyway, she's coming in, and she loves Jesus, and she's she's obeyed him all over the world, and uh, now lives in. Miami, helping a church plant get started there, um, but she's she's been a part of us and the family for years, and uh, so it's going to be a weekend talking about singleness, and what does it look like, and how do we navigate that in a healthy way, in a whole way. Um, it's not going to be a dating talk. <laughs> Can I have an amen? Yes. There, there needs to be practical conversations about that too, but it's not going to be that. It's actually about just doing life as a single. So it's a great, great, great time um, to be able to invite some friends and other people are walking the path with you. So, okay. Um, hey, so looking towards the fall, there's three things I want to just invite you into um, to pray with me. Um, because God's been, this summer, there's a few things he's been speaking about. And one of which is actually like our themes for Abide. So September... October, our abides, the first Friday of the month, except September. November is World Mandate, and then we have December. So we have three abides till the end of the year, which is weird. Yeah. So um, there's something that God's been speaking um, specifically about for these abides and the themes. So I just want to share it with you so we can start to kind of get our hearts ready and hungry for what he's doing. Um, this is in Matthew 16. Jesus is walking with the disciples, and, and he's going from city to city. And obviously, most, if you've read through the Gospels, you know when Jesus shows up in a city, things change. Lives are healed, dead are raised, sick bodies are cleansed. People see him as the Savior. But the spaces between the cities, I believe, are the deepest part of the discipleship process with all these men and women that have said, I'll follow you. So this is one of those moments. He's walking with them, and he's talking with them. and He's just kicking up dust. They're putting on the miles. And he asked him a question, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Isn't it interesting? He asked his disciples, but he's like, what about, what do they say? He's very general here. And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus gets personal. But what about you? Who do you say I am? That question We all have to answer. It's a vital question in our life. And it's a salvation question, like you have all of my life, but it's also like, God, can you really heal me? God, can you really set me free from this sin I've been struggling with for years? God, can you really redeem my life from things that were done to me? Who do you say I am? It's a powerful question that we got to wrestle with. It's important because it changes everything about how we live, right? So Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, capital P, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth, will be loosed in heaven. And this summer, as I've been praying for us, this, this, these set of verses keep going through my mind. And specifically, verse 18, where he addresses Peter, he goes, you're, he gives him his identity, but then he says, on this rock, 
It's a lowercase r. It's not his name. It's actually the truth that he just confessed. On this truth, I'm going to build my church. That idea, who is this Jesus that we follow, is where we're going this fall. I just, I feel like he's drawn us in to know him who he really is. Like opening the veil more. How beautiful, how powerful, how compassionate, how capable he is. That's where we're going. And I'm excited about it. Because I think he's got good stuff for us. And with interwoven in that is I think he's going to come face to face at times with how I live maybe isn't like he's my Messiah fully. Maybe he's going to call us into places of freedom. Maybe he's going to set us free from anxiety or depression. Maybe he's going to touch our lives and our friends that we bring. When we just say, we're just going to full on, we're going to focus on Jesus. And we're going to see what he does. And the beautiful promise is that he says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. That means what is going on in heaven happens on earth. And don't you want, like me, I want those keys. I want to know what it takes to unlock his glory here. In my private world, in my family, in my roommates. I have my roommates are my family. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> my work is like, God, what are those keys that unlock your glory in my life? Yeah, there's my roommate back there. That's Jenny. Yay! 25 years of roommating. It's been awesome. So, uh, so that's where we're going. And I just want to invite you to come with me in your heart. I want to invite you to consider inviting other people to come along with us in this journey. I don't know where he's going to take us, but man, I'm excited. I'm excited. So that's the first thing. The second thing I mentioned um, is, I'm going to put this down so it doesn't fall, um, is this idea of house of prayer. Um, we, there it is. You got it? Okay. Um, flipping over to, to Matthew 21, um, verse 12. It says, Jesus entered the temple court. This is, so Jesus is coming in Jerusalem. He's about to be crucified. He knows this, and he goes right to the place of worship. He entered the temple court, and he drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned tables um, of the money changers and the benches whoops, um, that were selling, I'm sorry, yeah, the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said, my house will be called a house of prayer, and you're making it a den of robbers. Check this out. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. Don't you want that? The, the temple, metaphorically, here we are today, we're gathered as the people of God. You may be here and you don't know Jesus, and that's great. It's okay. Or you're on a journey to knowing him. But as we gather around him, we're like the temple. We're like, God, would you meet with us? When we let him be central, he does these things. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But the chief priests and the teachers of, um, of the law saw the wonderful things that he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. And they asked him, do you hear what those children are saying? And Jesus replied, yes. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants, you, from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise? So what we're going to do is monthly, usually probably the third or fourth, like Friday, Saturday of the month, we're just going to gather in someone's home. He's going to teach us how to be a house of prayer. So, so Jackson, where's Jackson? Boom. Jackson's going to help me with this, and I'm excited. So here's, the, here's where we're dreaming. You and your roommates go, hey, I want to be the house of prayer for September. 
tell Jackson. We drop a pin in the WhatsApp group. We drop a pin in life groups. And we just show up. And we say, God, would you meet with us? Would you teach us to pray? God, would you do something in our hearts? Would you share your dreams with us? And we become this house of prayer he's talking about. Did you catch the fruit of it? The lame and the blind came and they were healed. The children started to worship him. And I think there's, if we apply it to today, I think that has a lot to do with our friends that don't know Jesus or or our family that doesn't know Jesus. They start to see his glory. And they go, oh, I want to worship him too. I think he's leading us in the fall into this. But it's going to take us gathering and just worshiping him. So it's going to be a night where there's not a lot of agenda. Besides, we might have some worship. And then we're just going to say, Lord, teach us how to pray. I don't know. Jackson, you want to say something more about that? You got it. Okay. <laughs> Good. So, um, so more to come. Um, so as I said, there's going to be, uh, in a couple weeks, we're going to have our first time with that. And so if you're interested in hosting that, it really is just you don't have to clean your house. You don't have to make snacks. You just open the door. And we're going to drop a pin and we're all going to show up. We're going to say, God, what are you going to do? And I guarantee you we're going to love him more. Okay. So the third thing that, that um, we're looking at for the summer um, is what I'm calling them community devos. So Katie, where's Katie? Katie, if you know Katie, she's amazing. Oh, sings like an angel, loves like Jesus. She's incredible. Um, it's true. This is all true. I'm, I'm completely true. So, so Katie's helping revamp the Instagram place, and I'm so thankful. It's not a place. What do I call it? Oh, my goodness. The page. That I'm embarrassed all of a sudden. Okay, sorry. Katie's helping us do that. And we're, she also suggested that we, we actually start like a um, YouTube channel, just something simple. And what we're going to do is every month, someone in our community is going to give us three or four devos that are around this theme that God's been speaking of. How do we have a, an intimate relationship with Jesus? It's a person's story. It's raw. It's honest. It's clear. And it'll drop in both those places. And I'm hoping it'll spur us on to see other people, how they make with God. And those places where we're like, man, I'm stuck. How do I get unstuck? So just we're looking for honesty. We're looking for clarity. And I'm hoping it'll spur us on. Okay. So that'll be in September. We'll start to drop those, and don't miss it. It's going to be amazing. Okay. All right. Um, so fall, we've got to end the summer first. Cool weather's coming, but God's leading us into good things. And I'm thrilled to walk together with you guys and see what he does. So, okay, we are going to turn the corner and hear some stories of people around the world. So Anna Street. <laughs> She's the, you ain't got no power. Um, she, she's helped me um, this last year to coordinate, to gather, to help team leaders, to kind of get people out the door and then afterwards. And so she's going to take it from here in just a moment. Um, but I wanted to share three fast things about testimony, okay? The first one, well, it's, there's two parts of testimony. One is for you and one's for me. Testimony for me, if I share a story of God, is it's a word related to law. When I speak something, it's truth. My encounter with God brings my authority, my experience validate, validates his authority in my life. And so when I testify, when I tell of something he's doing, it actually is like solidifying something in me 
that this is true and I'll live my life this way. If you're familiar with how God led the Israelites all the years, Hebrews and Israelites, they have different festivals throughout the year and all of them are, don't forget what I did for you because I can do it again. God's calling us in testimony to be able to say, this is for me. I'm going to speak it out because I know it's true. It solidifies something. The other side of testimony is a phrase that can be translated. It's like, do it again, God. So for us as hearers, as we hear stories, I want to encourage you to say, oh, the nations are amazing. And I see the fingerprints of God. But inside to say, God, would you do it again in me? That person got healed in that nation. It's not just for that nation, I promise. The scripture promises he searches throughout the world to find whose hearts are fully committed to him. Man, he moves. Okay, we lived in Europe 14 years. And we heard so many times, God's not moving in Europe, Europe's dead, da, 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 which are all lies. Because I know and I've experienced the move of God happening around the world. We, I was actually with the France team that's going to share it a little bit. And we had heard, Patrick heard about this. Where's Patrick? There he is. Patrick heard about March for Jesus happening in France. And so we're like, well, let's go there. 10,000 plus people for hours marching through the cities of Paris, loving Jesus. And people going on the sides where, you know, people are hanging out the windows and watching, what is all this? And it's worship and it's beautiful. And people are like passing out Bibles. And I think several people came up to us just, and we're standing around and we're like, we love Jesus too. But they want to pray for us. And they ended up like splitting into groups and they ended up at either side of the Eiffel Tower and they worshiped Jesus for hours. It was beautiful in Paris, France. 10,000 plus people. It was awesome. God's moving around the world. So do it again, Lord, in the Phoenix Valley. Right? Not just for Paris, not just for any other country. I do it in my life. Okay? The third thing I want to say that's important, and a little grace here, it's a play on words. Um, testimony. So if you take the word testimony and you split it into three parts, test, and then I, and then money. You guys following me? Okay, this is going to make sense. Just a second. So the word moaning. Don't laugh at me, Aaron. Stop. He's mocking me. Can someone remove him, please? Um, so the word moaning is like, it's probably not a common word that's used today, but it's like the word moan is like, I'm complaining, I'm grumbling, I'm gaining a hard heart by my complaining, I'm moaning. So testimony is like testing I, my, complaining. When we hear testimony, we receive it. It actually tests the hardness of our hearts. It tests the complaining places inside of us. It tests our moaning. It does. Every person came up here. Here's an example. If you're struggling financially, everyone came up here. God provided miraculously thousands and thousands of dollars for them to go to other nations. Because they prayed and they trusted God and he provided for them. So that testimony, it tests my complaining about my finances. And says, wait, I'm going to believe what you believe, God. You're going to take care of me because you took care of them. Okay? So testimony is powerful, and that's why we're doing this. Okay. Anna. Is it on? Oh, no, it's on. Thanks, Scott. Um, Southeast Asia team, come on up. Um, yeah, what Scott was saying, take out your journals and your pen. I think the Lord is going to prompt you a person or a name or, yep, I need to believe for that or I need to pray for that. So um, take that out and be encouraged. Um, there will definitely be a response from this. So who's starting us off? Oh, David Thomas. Um, 
Amen. I receive that. All right, so we are the Southeast Asia team. And then, so, so. So we are the, the Southeast Asia team, and, and we had, and we answered the call to, to assist in the vision of planting about 2,000 gospel seeds, which, which was the, the kind of like, kind of, of like a additional vision for the long-term team, which was to reach the lost, train, and send saved. So then, so then a practical way that, that we did that was we went to parks, we went to car washes, we went to... It's car wash. <laughs> we went to to wherever wherever the Lord was was um, moving, and and we're like, here we are, Lord, let's go. And and now you're gonna hear about how we how we did that. Starting off with Nicole. Thank you. Hello. So yeah, we um, just kind of talking about like people who supported, we were able to do this like kingdom trip that was off of um, the main island because we had like a surplus of funds. So thank you. Like praise God for that. So that's, that is something that is cool that you mentioned. Um, but yeah, we were um, serving and I was with the translator and um, a long-term worker and we had ran into these two ladies and we went over and we're chatting with them and we had had a word from the Lord. We'd asked the Lord like what who are you wanting us to serve? And some lady had mentioned that she had some back pain. And so we're talking with these people connecting. She's like, yeah, I'm only here for 20, you know, 24 hours. Like us too. And so we connected and then, um, we kind of moved into like spiritual conversations and she's like, yeah, I have some really bad back pain. We're like, oh my gosh, we think the Lord led us here like to talk with you because you know, we, we wanted to pray. Um, and so she's like, okay, we've been talking a little bit about Jesus. And so we start praying for her and, um, she's like, oh my gosh, like, it is warm and I have like goosebumps all over my body. And the other girl that was sitting there who was like, I'm only here for 24 hours. She was kind of just like bystanding the whole time, but the whole time she's listening. And all of a sudden she goes, it's Jesus touching you. It's Jesus touching you. We're like, yeah, like we definitely think that Jesus is having an encounter with her right now. But it was just, she was, it was so random. Cause she's just like, kind of, we were just thought she was just like bystanding kind of there, you know, just there. She's like, well, pray for me too. Like I got elbow pain or something. Like we're like, okay. Yeah. Like, is there anything else though? Like also that like, you know, we just were explaining the heart of the Lord and, and she's like, yeah, yeah. I'm only here for 24 hours because I'm just trying to get away you know my husband's like an alcoholic and my house is just super broken right now and like she used that word like broken and I was just like okay yeah that's what we're gonna pray for like we want to see like the physical healing but also we want to pray and like our translator got to share like a testimony about brokenness in their family and so it was just really cool to see like the holistic heart of God of like touching physically and like being there like in those moments of like, actually like I'm hurting physically, but like the heart is always like the heart of the father, like is wanting to touch the heart and heal and reconcile and bring like healing and brokenness. So yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, so my testimony also comes from our time at um, the island that we were able to travel to, which was really cool. Um, so the first day we got there was a Friday, and um, Aaron and another long-term team member had actually met this family. And the next day on Saturday was a time for us to um, follow up with people, and since me and my translator didn't have anyone to follow up with, um, we went alongside with Aaron and the long-term team member. So we had met this family who was married. It was just a man and a wife. And... Um, I kind of like got to hear from them like their story and we found out that when he was 25 he had a stroke and it's actually very common from a lot of people that we met there and so 
that was really hard to hear. And he was only 25, which was like really, really young. And that's like really close to my age. I was like, wow, that's really young. Um, so I actually had the privilege of talking to the wife and I just got to like listen to her side of things and just like the pain and the sorrow that she was feeling. And she told me that she actually quit her job to be able to um, take care of her husband like 24 seven every single day. And in the time that we met them, this was like six years after. Um, and so when we had met him, like he was still having a lot of difficulty walking. He still had a walker with him. And so she was just sharing how like she would be with him every single day, like three times a day, just trying to help him walk. Um, so talking to her, I was just kind of asking her, like, what would you like prayer for? So she kind of just shared a couple of things and just sharing with me, like the burden that she was feeling and just like the heaviness that she was facing. Um, so as I was praying for her, I just prayed over a couple of different things for her. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me um, to pray this verse over her in Matthew 6.26, where it talks about the birds and how they don't like reap, so we're so in barns, but the Heavenly Father takes care of them. And like how much more we have a value to them, or to the Heavenly Father. And so as soon as I said that, she just started to sob. Um, and it, to me, it seemed like there was just kind of this release that was kind of just like placed off of her, that she no longer had like feel this burden that like the Lord like takes care of her, the Lord sees her. Um, and like how much like she's been pouring into, you know, trying to help her husband, like the Lord sees everything that she's doing and nothing was wasted. Yeah, so uh, obviously there's like so many more testimonies that come from this trip. So if you are ever intrigued by it or want to ask us about it, like we obviously would love to share with you more. Um, but for time's sake, we could only do a little bit. <laughs> But something that, um, in debrief, that as a team we were processing, like, before coming back to America, was, like, how can we bring back what happened to America? And the long-term team members really, like, started to share, like, his passion for a tool that he taught us. Um, It's called Any3. Um, So it's, like, anywhere, anytime, anybody is, like, the mindset behind it of, like, a way to share the gospel. And he was talking about how he has just this big passion of, like, making it a universal tool for, like, any culture. It could happen in America. It can happen um, just elsewhere. Um, So we really kind of carried that as a team. And we're like, yeah, like, let's try to take this back um, to America. Um, And so I was just going to share briefly the tool. Um, It's called NE3, like I had mentioned. Um, I'm going to pull it up because I just don't want to (laughs) forget. So something that we did to learn was, like, 5G's. So the first one is to get connected, which we all did, like, initially, like, and that's natural. Like, when you meet someone, you're going to connect with them. You're going to get to know their story. You're going to spend time getting to know their family, things like that. Um, And then the next one was to get to the point. So that was to talk about, like, change it to a spiritual conversation. Whether that be asking them, like, hey, like, what's your religion? Because they're really open there. I mean, that's a little bit different here in America. But um, just kind of making it more of a spiritual conversation. And then the next one is to, like, get them lost or get them questioning more so, like, what's going to happen when I die? Like, where am I going to go? Things like that. Um, And then the fifth one was, like, to get on with it. So, like, after you share the gospel and you get to the point, um, we always ask them the question of, like, do you want to learn more about him? Like, do you want to learn more about Jesus? Like, would you want to read the Bible more with me? Would you want to... And a lot of the time... We actually had several follow-ups from our trip, which we weren't really expecting. Uh, we were mainly going to sow seeds. Um, so just to be able to get those follow-ups with, like, a big answer to prayer of, like, people are open to it. And if you're just willing to connect with them and get to know them and just spend time with them, uh, we saw a lot of fruit from it. 
Um, so as a team, we just want to bring it back and want to encourage you guys to also um, try it out yourselves. So, yeah, that is our time. Good job. Who did I say was the next team? Okay, come on up. <laughs> team Thailand Discipleship School. Um, if you've not heard about what the Discipleship School is, it's a nine-month school that we do here at Antioch. Um, and part of the end of it is a trip. So this is some of our young adults that got to go. Who wants to start? Hi, everyone. Um, so yeah, we went on a two-week trip to Thailand and mainly to support the long-term team's efforts there. And the long-term team's vision for our trip was to serve alongside their Thai partners who are laboring in specific communities. And so every day we partnered with a different ministry, and so every day looked really different. We went to schools, churches, villages, um, children's homes, and also the way we did outreach looked different every day, Um, whether it was prayer walking, uh, teaching an English class, um, playing games with kids, um, sharing testimonies, sharing Bible stories, and going door-to-door and sharing the gospel and praying for people. And so, um, yeah, and then our last three days of our trip, we uh, separated into three different teams and went to different parts of Thailand. So one team went to a school, another team went to... Um, a village that the long-term team has been trying to create relationship with. And then the last team went to uh, partner with a missionary who was trying to reach an unreached people group called the people. Um, And so, yeah, I feel like we were all really inspired and challenged by the Thai believers in the way that they um, just love their own nation so beautifully. Um, They are people who put faith to action um, and... um, yeah, just have a passion for their own nation and for people to know Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, it was an honor to be with them and to encourage them and kind of be the um, practical support and uh, that they needed for their respective ministries. And then another vision from the long-term team was that uh, as we have our experience there and got to meet the Thai people, that we would begin to have a burden on our hearts for the Buddhist world um, and that we would take that back with us and... Um, and um, continue to like intercede and pray for the Buddhist world back home. And so, That's yeah. That was candid. Even better. That's so funny. No, you're totally good. <laughs> but yeah, so JD's going to share a testimony from our time there. Yeah, awesome. Um, Wow, there's just so many testimonies that, that we could go through, but um, one that stood out to me, um, it, this was after four day, days of outreach, and we got to go to one of their Sunday services. Um, one of the um, long-term, te- or a part of the long-term team, um, they started a church with a Thai believer, and there's over 600, 700 people that are part of that congregation. Um, so it was really amazing. Uh, as soon as we walked in, they started to worship, and... we all started crying um it was just amazing because just after four days of outreach we just they were screaming at the top of their lungs they were praying for revival over the land of thailand they were asking god to make um thailand like put thailand at the seat of his throne um and it's just 
like that's what we were praying for. That's what we were like doing the outreach for, and it was just such an emotional day. Um, but on the way there, Adam asked me, he goes, JD, are, are you comfortable with a prophetic? And I'm like, yeah, I've got prophetically prayed over. Like, yeah, I'm comfortable with it. He's like, okay, cool. Um, so we, we go into the worship service, and then Adam speaks on hearing um, the voice of God, and then we have lunch, and then we open it up to a, a kind of like a, almost like a mini D-school teaching to where Adam's talking to the congregation about hearing God's voice. Um, so there was about, I would say, half the church stayed there. So there was 400-ish people that are still there. And, um, yeah, he just talked about waiting on God and just waiting to hear his voice. And if there's something that comes to you, just pray that, praying that over somebody. Um, and he said, so I'm going to bring up my team and um, on this side of the room, we're going to have people prophetically praying over people. And on this side of the room, we're going to have people just praying for healing and just overall prayer. And he was like, J.D., you're on that side. And I'm like, oh, gosh. And I'm like, and in, that, in that moment, I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit, like, less of me, less of me, less of me, more of you. Use me as a vessel. Like, I'm just praying um, very, very hard um, because I'm very nervous about this because, like, I've never prophetically prayed over people like in that capacity um with the translator with all these different um circumstances but um it was it it came to a point where it's like just less of me and more of you god just death to self um you're the one that lives within me um so i have my translator and we start praying um over a bunch of thai believers and it, it gets to a point where he's like i need a break like like we're, we're, we've been praying a lot, um, but he he affirms and he says, "Hey, like what you've been saying to them has been resonating because everyone's walked away crying." Um, and I'm like, I don't even remember a single word that I said. Um, but then the last person came, and I'll I'll never forget this, but I audibly heard the word "worthy." Um, so I'm praying over this woman, and I'm telling her that. Jesus wants you to know that you are worthy of his love, that you deserve everything in his kingdom. Um, and she starts hysterically crying. And the translator's like, what's going on? Like, is everything okay? And she said, as I was driving in, I said the exact words, I'm not worthy of Jesus's love. And if I didn't have an encounter with God today, um, I was going to walk away from Jesus. Um, so yeah, I mean, just listening and hearing and waiting on the Lord. Um, and it's none of us. It's just, it's him speaking through us in a vessel and us just being vessels. So yeah, really special. Hi, my name is Kaylee. Um, a practical tool that I feel like the Lord, um, had been showing me throughout D school, but then even more so on the trip and coming back home. It seems very obvious, but it's the power of testimony. Um, and so three major things that the Lord has showed me about testimony. Um, the first being how powerful it is to talk with another believer and just go back and forth and storytell and praise God together. Um, 
I'm sure everyone in this room knows that feeling, so I don't need to go too much into that. The second thing is um, how good of a practical tool it is to share with people in your life who are not currently followers of Jesus. Um, I have quite a few people in my family and in my close friend group um, who are not followers of Jesus. And I've found that the power of testimony is a very casual way to talk about it because I'm just storytelling and they love me, so they're going to sit there and listen. Um, But it's powerful because I'm talking about the ways in my life that the Lord has been faithful and good and powerful. And I've found with friends and coworkers and family members that opens the door for them to ask questions. Um, even if it's not in that moment, I've had people come back at a later time and ask me a question about something I had told them. So, and then the third thing about testimony that the Lord's shown to me is what it does to my heart and my mind. Um, the more I share with other people about what the Lord is doing in my life, the more I realize that I'm conscious and aware of what the Lord is doing in my life. Um, and so it's just a really good habit to get into um, for, for more than those three reasons, but those are the three things that the Lord has been teaching to me. So, yeah. And then the last thing is just a little pluck. Um, I actually wasn't in the D school. I did my D school year a couple years back, but um, had the honestly like greatest privilege to just go with these guys um, as part of their team and um, spend some time in Thailand. So, but really, what we came out of it, out of the trip with, is faith, testimony, and um, just the burden to pray. Um, which is so cool to know that that's just a burden on the church's heart anyway, but specifically to pray for the Buddhist world. Um, It's just really broken, you guys. They are literally worshiping idols, and um, there's death and not life in that, and I think just coming back, yeah, we just wanted to pray. So if you guys are interested in praying for the Buddhist world with us, um, See me afterwards. I'll add you to a group me. But that's it. Thank you, guys. Job, guys. Team England, come on up. Yeah, go for it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to, welcome, I mean, re-welcome, I guess, to Abide. Um, in order to, uh, like, cast the vision of why we went to England, I'm going to read briefly out of 1 Peter 1, and it says, starting in verse 5, you are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which the perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And um, I, I don't know, like before, before going to England, I feel like a lot of us have this interpretation that England is this spiritually dry place with people that are closed off and unwilling to hear God because they're, they've used him and they're over him like a bad drug. 
but it is the opposite. Uh, Jesus is alive and well in England, and it is my privilege to tell you that we were walking into something that was already existing for us. That we were, our vision was to simply carry something that had already been fabricated in order to pray for the people of God, to invite people to meet him further, and to equip the saints in discipleship for the propagation of the good news that Jesus is alive and that God is well. And so throughout this trip, we had a, a lot of testimonies about like feeling the presence of God tangibly in a place. And so it's my joy now to pass it off to hear some of those testimonies. So we, uh, we spent the first, time, uh, first few days in London, and then we uh, took a train to Liverpool. So on our first full day at Liverpool, we always opened the day with uh, team time. Since we were in the UK, we also called it tea time um, on there. So, um, but so the first day in Liverpool, we just all kind of felt that there's this present of depression there and just unfulfillment there. And I just remember that day specifically, um, the Lord was just telling me to become a warrior of light. Um, to conquer depression, especially since I've had a pre, um, past of de- fighting depression myself. And so, and he also encouraged me that there was going to be something that I'm going to um, experience something new that I've never experienced before. So I was really excited. So the first part of the day, I was with Megan, um, and we had a lot of great encounters at all places, the largest lush store in the planet. Uh, so we had really two good encounters. Love to talk to you about that, more about that. But then uh, we broke off. I went back and joined um, Hannah's group, um, and I joined them at a church called Our, Sa- Our Lady uh, St. Nicholas Church. It was a church that all the, like, the uh, uh, cruise ships would go to, all the sailors would go to this church because it's like, um, just a church right there. Um, and there was this garden there. Um, in the garden, it was the, like one of the most beautiful days we've ever experienced the whole trip. Um, so there was people there. They were, were just socializing. And I just distinctly remember when I got to that park um, that the Lord called me to like, okay, this is where someone's here with depression and stuff. So I just took time, prayed to him, and it's just like, Lord, I feel this calling. Just can you guide me to exactly who you want me to speak to? And I just distinctly remember this bright light to my right, um, just like just highlighting this one person. She was uh, there's this girl named Milek. Uh, she was Hindu, and she was just sitting by one of the sculptures there. And so um, I just went up to her and just like was talking to her. And then I just boldly asked her, like, "Well, I'm part of this church group, um, and I just felt the Lord was ta- calling me to um, def- like speak into something about depression or something like that. Didn't know if that was like." If you are experiencing that, she goes, actually, I have been. Um, she said she struggled a lot with some certain things. Uh, the first one is she went to um, – she moved to Liverpool to pursue her master's degree at one of the colleges there. Um, but unfortunately, couldn't handle the pressure and dropped out, which for me, I, it took me seven years to get my bachelor's degree. So I felt really like that's something I've dealt with before. So I told her, encouraged her about that. Then she boldly um, – uh, told me that she recently had an abortion too, um, and it was dealing with the after effects of that. And so I was just able to just, she didn't want accept prayer at the time, but my mom uh, made these crochet crosses that I was able to hand out to people and stuff. So I was able to give her one and just told her, like, the Lord's is watching over you. Like, regardless if you believe it or not, the Lord's watching for you. And if you ever feel lonely, pull out that cross and know that our that God is always watching over you. And just to live day by day and stuff. So,
Um, yeah, so this testimony, um, we just kind of ended up at this um, college, um, and it was an arts college, and they happened to be having a um, art exhibit, which was perfect because it was raining, and we needed to be inside for a bit. So we went inside, and just immediately it was like darkness. There was um, there was even like sticky notes just randomly placed places that had the word death on them. Um, just... Yeah, and so, and there was really weird noises, like the art, some of the art exhibits were like these like digital, like weird images, noises, just like really dark stuff. Um, and we were walking around, um, it was like me, Elise, Duncan, and Sydney, and um, we, there, a lot of the art exhibits like didn't have anybody in them. Um, they're just kind of like there, just waiting for people to just walk around, so it was pretty empty. Um, but one of the exhibits um, had um, a girl sitting there, the artist sitting there, and it was these beautiful like sculptures. Um, of um, like ceramic sculptures um, and so we just kind of started talking to her about her experience at the college and just like how she got there she's from China um, she's moved here by herself didn't know anybody um, and she was just kind of sharing um, her experience of like it felt really dark there um, and a lot of like her classmates and just experiences she had felt really dark and so um, we just like shared why we were there we shared about um, the long term team and um, showed her like the website and stuff to get her connected if she wanted to go and um, we um, she accepted prayer um, and um, we kind of shared the gospel with her and through like broken English because she didn't really speak that well of English. And so um, when we prayed for her um, afterwards, she said that she felt like a warmth like in her in her chest um, and that there was like um, like not as much darkness and that it, w- it felt really light. Um, and we explained to her that that was the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so um, that was a really cool experience. Um, and it was like one of our first days. And so that was really encouraging. So, yeah. Hello, my name is Tanner, if we have not met. Um, I was asked to share application from our learnings on the trip. And here's something that the Lord taught me. And I exhort you with this. While you're trying to love those around us in England, I pretty practically just learned that you can't love someone unless you know anything about them or know them personally. And I don't really mean like spending months or days. Is anyone else here like the like really fast? Okay. Um, It's very testy. Um, But yeah, so... I don't mean months or spending days with them. I kind of just mean, like, if you don't take the time to talk to the person in front of you, you can't love them. Like, you can't actually, if they have any need and you don't ask, you can't love them. Like, you can, like, say some nice thing and it won't impact them past the day, maybe. Um, Maybe the Lord can use something really powerful, but God calls us to a deeper depth than... saying a simple phrase sometimes and I think he calls that even in when he says to make disciples like it's not small but to be able to love someone it takes talking to them and very simply that one of the biggest things that I got is like London and England and America oftentimes is very individualistic and independent but that's not really, like, the way that God calls us to live. Like, 
And although that's the way the culture is, like, if we seclude ourselves, we're not loving Jesus. And so, very, very (laughs) conviction to me, because I, I don't know. I've honestly often not even used the phrase, like, introspective or, like, introverted, because I'm like, it's not, it's not like loving people doing that. Um, But I exhort you with this, that if you find yourself not with other people, and you find yourself with either whether it's work, because I've actually changed jobs to be around people, um, whether it's work or just your normal routine in life, and you find that you're just not around people or non-believers, like, I challenge you to rethink if you are loving people, because in the lost, um, I feel this, like, really deeply, um, because I've also, like, been through it with the Lord in this, but, yeah, I just, like, on the train, and I was like, man, if I don't talk to someone, I'm not loving them at all, like, I'm not obeying Jesus, and, yeah, like, those that are more prone or, like, feel social anxiety, I also grew up that way. Those that, like, feel the social pressure to even go up to a random person or the person next to you and talk to them, I just challenge you to take that to the Lord because it's not from Him, and I don't think it's as He intended us to live. And so I challenge you and exhort you to be ready to be uncomfortable, but it takes a lot of faith and a lot of trust to push past that and choose to love the person in front of you. Good job, Team England. Before France comes up, can you just look to your neighbor really quick and just tell them something that stuck out from the three teams I've shared so far? What's your like, man, I want to do that, or the Holy Spirit's bringing this up. team we're part of the discipleship school um and so we were going over there at the end of our d school year to partner with the long-term team and um just sow seeds try to find people who would um i don't know be receptive to jesus just pray for people um a lot of what we did was just go out and live our lives and encounter people that way um and that's how we were able to have some like really amazing conversations and testimonies so with that, we can start off with some. Yeah. Um, so one of one of our days um, that that I was thinking of when when asked about like sharing a testimony. Um, hello. <laughs> Sorry. 
Hi. Uh, was... <laughs> I'm so out of it right now. It's good. Um, but one of, one of those days that... One of those days that was really special um, was when we, we were uh, talking about a day prior in the week that a team had gone out and kind of sensed something more dark in an area that they had been to spiritually. Um, and so we were talking about, well, naturally, we have to go back to that. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. Um, so... We're, we had a group that was praying about and getting, getting images um, from the Lord as we were just seeking him uh, to, to see what he was wanting to do with the day. Um, got images uh, such as like a, a lone sheep or um, sad, angry like faces, um, a person in a blue shirt uh, and... Uh, talking to that, that one guy again that they had walked by, uh, who they had seen as like somebody that there was something dark going on with. And so we returned back, and all throughout going along, we, we see like we're, we're just walking, and we see this, this sheep that's in a, in a little uh, window. It's like a statue of just a, a sheep, and then there's a person sitting next to it. It's like, okay, yeah, great, that's good, go. <laughs> And then a very, very sweet couple from Sweden sharing the gospel with them. And then there was somebody saw a person with a blue shirt sitting on a park bench. And a few of us had gone over to that. I think it was Cassandra had talked to them. And just like little ways that the Lord had just been... Uh, step by step, uh, strategizing and uh, culminating the the day to be like, hey, I'm here, I'm with you, I am walking with you, and I'm actually faithful to bring you into what I'm doing, and you get to witness how I'm going to glorify my name today, and I'm going to change lives. Um, And one of those lives that was changed um, was, so a few of us had gone out and had been worshiping, uh, on this one street where there was a lot of like adult shops and like just really not good stuff and um, <laughs> it, it was just that that part of of town like that that part of uh, of france and it was it was super super dark and uh, we saw like faces in this area we saw like sad faces on the wall um, what what did you say that there was like something written? What yeah. was it? Yeah, there was, like, graffiti, and it said, we are very sad, like, help us or something. It was wild. So crazy. So clearly we were, we're in the right spot. <laughs> we're like, all right. And, and they, we see the guy again. And so a few of us had gone down and started worshiping. Some had circled back, and some were praying in an area. And um, I, I had come upon uh, Bell and and I had come upon Sherry, Bridget, and Cassandra, uh, who were praying about this guy that they saw down there. And so, so they're praying over this, this guy. And then uh, Scott and, and Aaron are also inside the, the place where this guy works, praying for him. Um, and I, I'm like, who, who's 
this guy. Um, and they're like, that guy. And I like, I start walking over and then I go back and I'm like, that guy? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Um, and so, uh, come to talk to this guy and it's so funny trying to talk to French people and like being like, hello, bonjour, parlez-vous anglais, please help me, I don't speak French. Um, but, and then they're, they're like, a little, I speak a little. Uh, and then they speak amazing English. Um, and so they, they're, he speaks to me in perfect English. Um, and I'm like, can I ask you an odd question? And uh, I, I ask him, like, have you ever heard... I just felt like in this situation, like, I, I wanted to ask him, have you ever heard the good news? He's like, good news? Like, what are you talking about? And he's sitting at a table, mind you, with a bunch of other people <laughs> that are all, like... <laughs> not thrilled. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, you. Um, but... I start talking to this guy, and they all leave. And I'm like, mind if I sit? And he goes, yeah. And so I sit, and I start talking to him, and come to find out that all this like spiritual darkness that we had been seeing around this guy, I think really what we came to find out was the enemy really concealing really fertile soil. Because I start talking to this guy, and he he's like... Yeah, wait, what? So he, he had, like, the, his name's Brandon. Be praying for him. I, I want to check in on him again. But he he had been, uh, like, part of, uh, had, had, like, a Catholic background, um, like, gone to Catholic school, but never took that seriously. Um, and so I was just sharing him the, the biblical gospel and, and just... Um, talking to him about it, you know, sharing like what, what good news it is. And uh, we get to the part of, uh, he, he was like, where are evangelicals in France? And I was like, actually it's just a big thing. Scott mentioned it. There's like a bunch of people that were walking through the city. Um, and he's like, oh, that was you guys. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like, wow, that's a lot. And I'm like, yeah. Um, and but we get to this part where um, we're talk- um, I was just sharing with him, like, you know, before God made you, like, he knew you, he knew what you would do, and he died on a cross to, you know, pay the penalty uh, for your sins if you place your faith in him. And, and he was just, like, like, hit by that of, like, me. <laughs> uh, and, like, before, before you know, I, he even made me. Um, and he was just like, yeah, I've, I've, I've done so many things and I, I've, I've been thinking about stuff like that. And so I'm like, that's great. You know, and just point blank, I was like, so what, what do you think about all that? And he's like, I want that. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, um, ended up getting him in contact with the long-term team and they, they, uh, kind of, cause Unfortunately, I couldn't meet up with him again because it was one of our last days. But long-term team reached out to him, and um, I, I need to check in again and find out what's going on. But um, really hopeful. He seems super, super eager to to know and ask questions and and really grapple with the gospel that he just received. You know, so yeah.
got a, got a quick tool for you guys, um, but it comes in a story, because that's how I like to talk about things. Um, so, much like the set for the Thailand team, I got to go as the admin for the France team. I got to help Scott and Kale and Allie kind of support the trip, as well as take care of the kids, because we had lots of families, which meant lots of kids. Um, and so, for most of the trip, I had been, during team time, when the adults would go in, worship, I would take the kids outside, do a lesson with them, and just enjoy being with them. Uh, but lucky for me, I had the fortunate pleasure of getting COVID while I was in France, which knocked me out for about two days because Liberty Joy, our lovely nurse, said, "Ah, oh, you'll be fine in like two days. Um, and so this was the Monday of the last week. So we had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday were our last three days of sharing the gospel. And I was frustrated. I was like, Lord of all places, why do I have to get sick here? Like, thank the Lord it's me and not someone else on this team, but... I was, I was upset at the Lord because, like, I had my job was to take care of these kids during team time. It was to support the team. And they were going out and doing team time. They were going out and sharing the gospel. And I was in my room, lying on the bed, coughing and not feeling well. And I just, the first, the first day of being sick, I was just, I was so frustrated with the Lord. I was so upset. Um, but day two... Um, I actually came out during team time. I was, there was a little balcony on the house we were sitting at, and I got to worship with the team. And there was this moment where the Lord was like, did they really need you? Do I really need you? And I was like, oh, no, you don't need me, God. But you invite me into things. And so the rest of that day, I actually spent very intentional time with the Lord of like, Lord, how can, I, how can you invite me into what you're doing in sitting in this house by myself? And I got to send out prayers and encouragements to the teams while they were going. Um, but this led into Wednesday, uh, which was the last day. And I was like, Lord, please let me feel better. I want to go out. But going out, I was like, Lord, you don't need me. Would you invite me into whatever you're doing? And that's, that's the tool I want to give you guys. It's like that simple prayer of, Lord, just invite me into whatever you're doing. And the joy that comes from that is that we were in a park and everybody was playing frisbee and I was watching the bags and watching the soccer ball. And this French guy comes over and the international sign for want to kick around? <laughs> I was like, sure, let's do it. And so we, we kicked the ball for like 20 minutes. And I got, to, I got to ask him at the end of it. I was like, hey, have you ever encountered God before? And I know, weird question, right? And he talked about him being a Muslim and what that was like. And I got to talk to him and... Well, I don't know if there was any fruit from that, like the Lord used me and because I asked him to. Um, and so I leave that invitation with you guys that you can do that in your workplaces. You can do that with your family of just the simple prayer. Lord, would you invite me to whatever you're doing today? It's a pretty easy prayer. Intercession team, small but mighty. Two of you guys. Here you go. Um, well, yeah, so this is Ian, I'm Jackson, and uh, <laughs> we were with like three other people uh, who sadly couldn't make it here tonight, um, but we got to spend um, some time in Thailand uh, with, if you guys know them, they're the best, uh, like praying with them, praying for them, uh, praying for them, um, and it was, it was a beautiful time. Uh, this was like the first time that Phoenix has ever done an intercession trip. Um, so it was kind of a first time experience for the five of us naturally uh, to do this and it was, it was beautiful. Um, 
and part of that is like I guess like the unknown of the day to day of what we were gonna do. Basically, the daily conversation was let's wake up and then like let's try to find something to do because we've never been here before. <laughs> and so, uh, so we would just basically like live like that, which was a beautiful thing um, because it led us into like God's hand and like just trusting Him to take us where He wanted us to be for that day, um, wherever He wanted us to to pray over um, because we don't know Thai or. Um, and so, so yeah, just a beautiful thing. Um, and so, yeah, basically, um, as well, we were there due to some prophetic dreams that somebody in D.C. was having, saying that five people needed to go to Thailand uh, to join and, and pray with them. And so, um, so it was, like, a beautiful thing of, like, we got to step into this, like, prophetic narrative that the Lord was writing, um, which maybe you can talk about with, like, your school and, and stuff like that. But, um, and just, like, all this, like, this beautiful story that God's writing uh, for, like, the salvation and the redemption of a whole nation, um, believing that we'll be, like, 100% a Christian nation um, at the result of, of the hand of God that's, that's happening there. Um, and so it was, it was an immensely powerful time. Um, we got to spend a lot of time praying with them, kind of entered into a season right before we got there of saying, we don't know how to pray. We need to learn how to pray. Um, and so we had a whole like, five like young adults. I'm, I'm an accountant um, by trade. Not usually the people that you send to teach people or like to join people and like, let's learn how to pray together. Um, but I hope it worked out. So, uh, <laughs> so um, it was, yeah, so it was just a beautiful time. Um, yeah, to just pray and to grow in prayer uh, as like a team of seven or eight. Um, and so, so, so beautiful. Spent a lot of time praying with them, um, just trying to encourage them. They've been out there since July, and we were the first team uh, to really join them. Um, and so it was a beautiful privilege just to be able to encourage them and, and spend time with them. Um, the majority of our time we spent in a border city, um, which is pretty much just middle nowhere Thailand on the border. Um, and like built into this jungle, um, one of the most beautiful places that I think I've ever been to, with just like the mountains and and just like just really naturally beautiful place. Um, and there we got to spend a lot of time with another organization that they partner with, which is a whole bunch of Canadian Mennonites uh, that love Jesus. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, not what you would typically think, but they're Mennonite. So. Um, <laughs> So they're awesome, um, and we just got to spend a lot of time praying with them, um, encouraging some of their leadership, um, and as well as partnering with the, the school of like people uh, that like had met Jesus while in Thailand and wanted to do three months of a discipleship program um, to, to grow in discipleship, be equipped for church planting. Um, and so, yeah, so we got to spend like a day at their graduation, um, uh, like got to commission them in prayer. And just like spend a few days just like living life with them um, in some ways. And so part of that was actually the picture that's up there right now. Um, so this is like an outreach event that we got to partner with them in. And so um, all in all, there's like there were about 50 people there. And throughout that outreach, there were several different calls. Uh, the first was to the gospel. Uh, one of like the leaders there like shared the gospel and said, who wants this? You know, um, and yes. Everybody raised their hand, the whole room. The whole room said, I want Jesus. And so, um, so it was a beautiful thing to witness of just like, like we were just sitting in the back, like talking after having like a, a crazier experience. And like, and then we just like look over and we're like, this whole room is responding to God. And like, we were like, we need to respond to God too. You know? <laughs> um, and it, it was just like a beautiful thing of like, like it felt like I said, I think I said this at the time or a little bit later on, like it felt so ordinary because of like the grace of God that's on that nation. Like, it felt like, like that 50 people coming to the, 
to like the Lord would just be a casual Tuesday night in Thailand, right? Like, like that's what we, that's what we want to see. Um, like, like after that, they said that, you know, we believe that God can heal and, um, does anybody need healing in their body? And probably about like 15 people stood up and we got to pray with them and, and like 15 people were healed that night. Um, like walked away healed with everything from deafness to, um, knee issues and, um, prayed with some like younger boys with like respite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So deaf, like deafness gone, um, like knee issues. To praying with like a little boy with like had, that had respiratory issues that uh, who could breathe deep uh, for the first time in a long time. Um, so just like just a lot of beauty, like just seeing the grace of God in that way, um, and then spending some time uh, prior to that, we were just praying on the border um, and like got to experience God in a really cool way as we were just praying and praying over these two different buildings, but just had like a lot of darkness in this area. Um, and just like we, I felt like the Lord said, like, I have arrived. And um, another guy on our team felt like Nahum 1-3 was highlighted, which says like, in the whirlwind and storm is his way and uh, the clouds of the dust of his feet. And so we're, we're praying and um, we, we grew back up and we're like talking about that. And then like all of a sudden, just like the storm cloud just forms over these two buildings and uh, like lightning begins to strike and like the lights go out on like this whole, like two buildings of like these massive like casino and building next to it. And it was like, man, God, like you are good. And like we're seeing like your goodness and like the spiritual come into the physical, um, which was like a beautiful intersection. And then like the last thing that I want to touch on briefly was like, we saw like the power of God in like so many different ways in prayer, which I think Ian will share more. But then I wanted to say was like, like I feel like in the United States or abroad, it's like the lie is like, like it, like the spiritual is almost too real. Uh, like it's like overpowering, right? With darkness, which is like a lie. Like we know that Jesus is better than anything that we can encounter. And then on like the U.S. side or in the West, it's like, oh, the spiritual doesn't exist. Or if it does exist, it's so distant from our normal life. Um, and like both of those are lies. Um, and we can see the power of God like as we pray here just as much as we can abroad. Um, and so, um, yeah, but like while we were there, like we would go in to pray over markets or against like neighborhoods and like idols because every house has an idol. And, like, everything just felt so hollow. Like, it was just like, man, Jesus, you are so much better than anything that's, like, ever been here. Like, historically, like, you're so much better than anything that's been here, like, that's been invited in. Like, anything else, like, it's gone at the, your very name, at the very thought of your name. Like, we, we have victory in this place. So, it was beautiful. Um, for context, fun little country, Southeast Asia, we were actually in Thailand, um, which I don't know if you've ever been adjacent to the place that you were sent on mission to, uh, but it's not the exact same mission experience as you normally have. Um, I kind of want to back up what you were talking. I was thinking about, man, how did I get there? Um, and, of course, it was uh, the, the sparks from that came from a world mandate. Um, amen. But... The, the country that the Lord had laid on my heart um, was actually neither Thailand nor... And I was just like, all right, Lord, I'm going to get as close as I possibly can to this place. And two months later, a single, single clear word, th- th- uh, four months out from the potential mission trip, and it was just the picture of the country, and it was go. And I was like, okay. Usually I need lots of convincing from Jesus. Um, and this time it was just really sweet to take that word, um, to go and to run with it. Um, the, the entire time it just felt totally, completely sovereign. Um, it was one of those moments where it's just like, okay, we wake up today, like Will would look at us and be like, okay, so what, what are your plans? And we're like, mahalo. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're on islands, I'm here, like we don't, we don't know what's going on. 
Um, now, the next hour. Um, and it really kept us on our toes, but it was the perfect atmosphere for a prayer trip um, and for an intercession trip. And um, as I was just thinking about, like, Lord, what, what do you want to say about any of this? Um, there, was, there was just one overarching thing, and it was just the worthiness of God. Just the worthiness of Jesus Christ. Um, and one of, one of the, the key verses for us was in Habakkuk 2, um, 2.14. But the time is coming when the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And it was just like, wow, Lord, what if, what if as the waters covered the sea, what if the knowledge of your glory like beheld in the face of Jesus, what if that was known all over the world? And what if it was known here? Like, what would that look like? And what needs to be done to get there, like to get to that place? Um, and like, as we process that daily, it was just like the Lord would continue to reveal, even in like the Mahalo moments, where it's like, we have no idea what we're eating next. Like, we don't know if it's edible. Um, <laughs> we don't know like what, what that looks like. And every moment was just the Lord guiding with whispers um, every hour, every minute. Um, and just speaking like, like little things of, of the unknown, like, hey, that place right over there. Um, like, you have, you, have, you have no idea... Um, but there's been people like there um, living in. I think one of the one of the pictures up there was a, a market, um, and it was just like walking around this market, um, this marketplace, and it begins to pour, and there are just frowns and sadness all over the face of these people. It's like so many hundreds of thousands of people have been displaced, and most of them, like we were seeing them in their homes like, off on the side of the streets, like, just right there in their stalls. Um, and it was like, is this your home? Like, like, and so we're just walking the streets praying for them. Um, and I had this moment where I was like, oh, Lord, you told me to wear my nice shoes today, I felt like. <laughs> um, and then I just got this really sobering picture of Jesus, clad in white, radiant, just walking in the dirt, um, and I was reminded of the, the verse from um, Son of Suffering, where it's like walking in the dirt with you and me. Um, and it was just like, yeah, like that's what we're here for. Like we are here for your heart because you chose to, to love us. And when you love us and when we receive that love, and like then we can respond out of it. And it's like, that's why I was there. That's why Jackson was there. Um, and it was really, really sweet. Um, I want to talk about the real quick. Um, yeah, amen. Yes. Um, use code uh, for any D school uh, things, apparently. Heard that straight from the man himself. Um, one of the most powerful moments for me was so we got to go with from where they were living um, to that border town. And we got to this place, and it was like there's a Buddhist temple like right over here. Fun little, fun little story there. Um, and we got to this perch that like overlooked this land and a river. Um, and right on the other side of that, it was, or so we thought, it was actually closer than we realized. And so, like, directly below us was, um, and so we realized that the entire time we were, like, within a football field's length. And it was like, wow, that was awesome. Um, we got to see, see for the first time in, like, three years. Um, I, for one, when I hear the story of Abraham and, like, when we went through that series about faith, I just had this moment where I was like, maybe you guys share this, but it's like, 
could I wait 40 years for something? <laughs> like, could I really wait 40 years for something? Um, and then I, I saw the way, like, I saw the way he looked, and I saw the way he looked, like, holding Baby Rubine, like, looking out of this place where the Lord has spoken to them for years. And, like, just seeing them, see me, like, just pulled my heart. And it was like, wow, Lord, like, not, not even anything to do with me, just witnessing this moment is just like, you are worthy. Like, you are so, so worthy of the nations. And one day your glory will cover it. The knowledge of your glory will cover this um, land and sea. Amazing, huh? You guys good? Yeah, it's it's a pleasure. Um, it's a pleasure to say yes to Jesus and Him to take us all over the world. Um, and I'm, for one, can just say for Jenny and I that we're so proud of each of those that said yes, and we're proud of all of you that stayed and obeyed Him. It's not like going is better; it's obeying Him, walking with Him is best. So, um, so we're thankful. You know, I was thinking about. Um, um, sometimes hearing these stories, France, England, Thailand, it's like, oh, this is the adventure. You know, I love, I, we had the privilege when we lived overseas for a long time to be, go to different countries and be with different church planners and work with teams and stuff. And seeing different cultures was such an honor. And if you've ever traveled outside of America, you've probably had the same experience. Like, it's mind-blowing, it's amazing, it's curious, and who are these people and why do they live this way? And people give a lot of money, and people live a lot of their life just living for the next adventure. The difference for these stories is that Jesus is the variable. And you probably heard that. But these are just normal people. They're our friends. They're our community. The difference is they walk with Jesus. And they told amazing God stories, and there's more because I've heard a lot of them. And also it was hard. There were parts of our trips. I went on the France trip. There's parts that were really hard. The variable is Jesus. And I just, whenever we gather, I want to take a moment to make sure we, we actually say his name. And the reality that he actually gave his life up for you and I. He's the one that takes it from an adventure to a life that's worth living. In fact, scripture promises, he says, says we all get one life to live and then we will stand before him in glory and we'll have to give account for our life. And if you're here tonight and you actually don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's going to be a scary moment. Because his death, burial, and resurrection is the reason we'll stand before God one day and say, he paid the price for my sin. He paid the price for everything that's, that I live, my good, my bad, everything. It's him. And we stand before a God that's holy and beautiful. And he's the one that answers, his blood is the one that answers the reason we can say, yeah, I'm going to come into heaven. It's because of Jesus. And I want to make sure that if there's anyone here tonight that says, hey, I've never really actually given my life to him, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to give an opportunity to meet him. He's incredible. Can't promise life will get any easier, but I sure can promise you'll have a king to walk with you. And make the pain worthwhile. And make all the good times worthwhile because it's this Jesus that we love, that we know, that makes everything worthwhile. 
So as in a minute, we're just going to have some time to worship. And if you're like, I don't quite know if I've ever given my life to him. Grab someone next to you. Grab me up front. Grab Jenny. Grab someone and just say, hey, I'm not sure. Can you help me? We'd love to just help you pray to meet him. The other amazing thing about Jesus is he's really, really good at setting us free. Like you may be here tonight and you're like, if you knew what I just did the other day, if you knew where I've been, if you've known what's done to me, if you knew the hatred in my heart, I have a relationship with Jesus, but I can't get free from this thing. He died on the cross for the power to set us free. That's good news, right? That's great news. So it's not up to us to say, yes, I, he's my savior, but now I've got to figure out how to actually stop doing that thing I hate so much. We come to him as the savior, this powerfulness to set us free. And in my own life, and I've seen in so many other people's lives, these moments like right now, where we gather around and we say, we're going to pray that you are free from this desire that's not of him. And God sets us free. It's beautiful. Okay, so that's the other side of this. If you're here tonight and you're like, I'm stuck. I've tried. I can't stop doing fill in the blank. Let's step out of that dark place that carries a whole lot of shame. Grab someone that knows you and loves you and say, I I really want to be free tonight. That's the power of our king. That's his kindness that leads us to freedom and healing. Okay? So those two items... And also with worship, just if you've been around very long, you know that during, we want to always make space for things that God might be whispering and speaking. And we've had so many people, their bodies have been healed, their hearts have been restored. God's done amazing things in our community, continues to, because we make space for him to do the impossible. So there's two things as we've been, well, one thing is we've been praying, and then something else that I just want to mention that I want to take time to pray for as we go into worship. One of them is um, Psalm 68 says that he puts the lonely in families. And I just as we, I was praying for us, that verse kept coming to mind. And the word lonely kept being highlighted. And we've all in this room had lonely moments, right? We've all had lonely moments in life, yes. I think he's talking about a different loneliness. You walk in a room and you go, oh, I'm so alone. You go to bed at night and you feel the weight of loneliness sit on your heart and you're just ready to go to sleep. You get up the next morning and you're like, the drive keeps me moving, but if I stop and the quietness kind of settles in, I feel the weight of loneliness. That loneliness, he wants to actually put you in family tonight. And I can't promise if you're single, so many times our minds go to, well, I'm going to get a spouse. I can't promise that. But what I can promise is a Jesus that loves you and a community that's powerfully in love with him. And if you've been around for a while, you probably will say, yeah, that's my story. He's connected me to people in this room and my life group, and I have a place where I fit. So if if that makes sense to you, you're like, yeah, I feel that weight of loneliness at times. We want to pray for you. Okay. Um, And there was one other thing. Tanner, you said that. Yeah, I wrote it down because it really impacted me. Social anxiety. Where's Tanner? There you are. Okay. This man's been set free. If you spend any time with him, which I have, and I love him, and he's amazing, and he is not an insecure man. He's been set free. 
And if when he was sharing and you're like, oh, I get that. Is that possible to be free from social anxiety? Grab Tanner. Let his freedom move to a place where you can start experiencing freedom. Okay? In fact, I just love to say, how about England team? You guys pray over people. Okay? So England team is going to be over there. If you're like, yeah, social anxiety, I'm tired of it. They dip in and out of it. Sometimes it's heavy on me. Sometimes it's not. But you're like, I'm tired of this thing. Grab Tanner. They'll be in the back. Let him pray for you. Let's see what God does. Okay. Um, okay. And if you put the, that God puts lonely in families, if that's something that you're like, yeah, I feel that weight. Um, Kevin and Katie, can, we, can you guys pray for people? Kevin and Katie will be back there and they'd love to pray with you. And if that's on your heart too, to say, hey, I wanna, I've been set free from this kind of loneliness, let's lay it in together and love each other. All right? Okay, why don't we stand up? Just respond to Jesus. Again, the all of me, what God's doing. So what we talked about at the beginning, I just want to put it before us again. What if we love him right now for the next 10, 15, 20 minutes with all of us? Every bit of it. What if we come face to face with, man, I'm tired of being stuck. Or, man, I don't know this Jesus. And you grab someone and you say, I need your help to pray. What if we actually take a step towards this king and we leave here different? That's what he wants to do. Right. So, Lord, we invite you here. We Actually, we just thank you. You've been with us all night long, and you've been so kind. And, God, I ask you that tonight you'd put the lonely in families. God, tonight you'd set people free that, that social anxiety is real. God, I ask tonight that you would set people free from a lifetime of struggle of sin. That secret sin that's hidden and brings shame, and I hate it, but I keep going back. It's like... God, tonight, would you break that cycle? In this room, we just speak freedom, freedom, because you've set us free. Amen. So is the the worship starting? Please move towards, if there's anyone that you're like, I need prayer for this, grab someone. Let's go for it.